the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two is underway now, nine minutes past 10 o'clock. Thanks for being with us. On this Tuesday, I know you're disappointed because it's 10 o'clock, and I don't have Kirsten out here, but as I said in the opening of the show, Pete is uh, on his way to Maine. In fact, I think he's there now. He's filming a Tucker Carlson original, uh, which is going to be coming up. uh, Well, actually, I don't know when it's going to air, but I know it's going to take three days. Uh, So he's going to be gone yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's back on Thursday, and he will be with us live Thursday at 1035. So your Kirsten out fix for the week will still be there. It's just going to be a little bit later. Hour number two today is going to feature Jim Renacci in about a half an hour at 1035. We're going to talk to him about the midterm uh, elections. I told you we were kind of bebopping around uh, this morning with audio clips that I want to respond to, and I want to get you uh, to respond to as well. And you may at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. There was a murder in Florida last night, but not the typical kind that you see. The murder in Florida last night was um, was uh, metaphorical as Ron DeSantis just destroyed the corpse of Charlie Crist on the debate stage. Ron DeSantis is the best governor in America. Ron DeSantis makes me wish I lived in Florida, or rather I wish he lived in Ohio, because uh, we're stuck with Mike No Spine, and uh, the Floridians have the greatest governor in the country who's got intelligence, he's got courage, uh, he's got common sense, and and he knows how to convey all of it uh, better than just about anybody else. Uh, What he has done for that state, in particularly during COVID, uh, and particularly during the relief period, right after Hurricane Ian just devastated uh, so much of that state, was just incredible. And he was on full display last night in the gubernatorial debate against Charlie Crist. Well, listen, I know that Charlie's interested in talking about 2024 and Joe Biden, but I just want to make things very, very clear. The only worn-out old donkey I'm looking to put out to pasture is Charlie Crist. Talk about you want to talk talk about standing up for taxpayers. Uh, when Charlie Chris was governor, he ran saying he would not raise taxes. He became governor and he signed off on the largest increase in taxes and fees in the history of the state of Florida. That's time, we governor. just enacted the largest decrease in taxes in the history of. <laughs> That's just insane. you dig it. Yeah. Yeah. I 
just uh, I just love it so much to see, you know, like I said, intelligent, bold, courageous people who are great speakers and uh, who just call out the lies and call out the insanity of their opponents. Uh, the debate was 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 a home run for 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 Ron DeSantis. He's already leading that race by 11 or 12 points. He's going to roll away with it. Uh, and there's no way Charlie Crist is is going to uh, is, is going to make a dent here. But it is still fun to listen, not only because as I said this in the open. We're not in Florida. So what does this matter to us? It matters to us because we need to listen to leadership uh, in other places when we don't have it here so that we can share that message and, again, know what we're looking for, what we're trying to push in our state, obviously what we're trying to send to Washington, D.C. in the form of J.D. Vance and so forth. The arguments over left and right, over capitalism versus communism, uh, over unity versus division, all of the things that we are fighting over can be found in a lot of other places. Just not many of them are found here in Ohio. Like I said, we're stuck with Governor No Spine. Here's Governor uh, Ron DeSantis. Well, I was thinking back uh, in the aftermath of this to uh, a poor woman over 40 years ago in Jamaica, and she found herself pregnant, didn't think there'd be much opportunity uh, to have a child, was urged to, to, to abort the baby, uh, went to get the abortion, and... Um, you know, for, for whatever reason, and maybe we can't explain, uh, that didn't end up happening, uh, and she ended up having the baby. And I think about that uh, because a few months ago, I appointed her daughter to be the first Jamaican-American justice in the history of the Florida Supreme Court. I just think we're better when everybody counts. Uh, I understand not everyone's going to be born in perfect circumstances, but I would like to see everybody have a shot. I'm proud of the 15 weeks that we did. I know Charlie Crist opposes that, even though the baby is fully formed, has a heartbeat, can feel pain, and can suck their thumb. He also supports sex-selective abortions, which is used to discriminate against little girls. He supports dismemberment abortions, where they literally will tear the baby limb from limb. And he supports taxpayer funding of abortion all the way up until the moment of birth, and that is wrong. Congressman, That is one of the best arguments on the abortion issue that I have heard, not only in this political campaign cycle, in this particular debate season, but really ever. Uh, that was phenomenal. By the way, I, I, you know, I believe that life begins at conception. I'm not comfortable with the 15-week abortion ban, but if that is the best you can get, you are still going to say, save Thousands upon thousands of lives with the 15-week abortion ban. 15 weeks is four months in. You understand that? 15 weeks is four months pregnant. And what Ron DeSantis just said, that Charlie Crist opposes, says that fully formed baby, that fully formed baby with a heart and a central nervous system and can suck its thumb, can roll over and make itself more comfortable in the womb, can feel pain should not be allowed to be dismembered limb by bloody limb for the convenience of the woman. Um, that was just phenomenal. And, and he just took uh, Charlie Crist apart, uh, you know, step after step after step. I mean, every single question that was asked, Ron DeSantis was just knocking them out of the park. And then I signed legislation raising the penalties for people who are trafficking fentanyl and fentanyl analogs. If you're trafficking that garbage, that poison, you are killing people in our state, and we are going to treat you like the murderer that you are. Uh, the, a lot of the audience there that you could hear was very much pro-Charlie Crist. Uh, I have no idea who the moderator was, but they allowed that nonsense to go on every time he was speaking. But he got his points across, and these are points that I think we can take and should take uh, in other states all over the country. We have to be unapologetic about our opposition to killing babies. We have to be unapologetic 
about our pro-life stance. We have to be unapologetic about our uh, hard line on fentanyl and drugs coming across the southern border. We have to take a hard line stance and be unapologetic uh, in our in our uh, uh, opposition to um, Marxism in our schools. And they came after Ron DeSantis on that front, too. Ron DeSantis, they said, uh, and Charlie Chris tried to say, doesn't like uh, or doesn't want to talk about things that he doesn't like, doesn't think things should be taught in school uh, that he doesn't like. Well, that's because those things are completely highly and wholly inappropriate for young children. And he stood up to Disney and he stood up to uh, other uh, woke companies trying to sexualize children because it's the right thing to do to stand up to companies that are trying to sexualize children. And there's one other quickie I want to play here from that debate last night. I told you we're kind of bebopping here, so bear with me. Um, The lockdown is probably one of the reasons why you know the name Ron DeSantis today. When weenie, weasley, no-spine, little power-mad Napoleons like Mike DeWine were locking down you your family, your business, your job, your kids, your schools, and other left-wing governors like Mike DeWine, you heard me, like Andrew Cuomo and Kate Brown and J.B. Pritzker and Gavin Newsom and so forth, while they were all doing likewise, Ron DeSantis was immediately recognizing this is wrong. This is the wrong thing to do. It's going to devastate our kids. It's going to harm Uh, their ability to learn. Uh, It is completely unconstitutional anyway. It's wrong on a million different ways. It's wrong to shut down businesses. We have to look at the actual science here, not just the the pseudoscience or the scientism that they're using to declare uh, that we have to shut down our entire economy. We're not going to do that. Florida, with its highest population of senior citizens in America, and senior citizens being the ones most at risk during COVID, still had better COVID numbers than all of those left-wing governor states uh, across the country. In terms of deaths, in terms of hospitalizations, the schools stayed open, kids went to school. Uh, the, the, and, and, and Ron DeSantis took a deserved victory lap last night against his opponent who said we need to lock everything down. Thank you. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, you know, Charlie Chris has voted with Joe Biden 100% of the time to give us these inflationary policies and to drive up the cost of everything that we're doing. And the fact of the matter is, over the last two years, we've now had record inflation all across this country at 40-year highs. He supports Biden's energy policies, which have made gas and utilities more expensive. Uh, That is wrong. And I would also say this. You mentioned, Liz, that people are flocking to Florida. That would not have happened if Charlie Crist had his way. He wrote me a letter in July of 2020 saying you need to shut down the state of Florida. He said you need to force people to shelter in their own homes. That would have destroyed the state of Florida. That would have caused... That would have caused our tourism industry to go into the toilet. It would have locked out millions of kids from school. I rejected Charlie Chris's lockdown letter. I kept this state open, and I kept this state free. And we now have the biggest budget surplus in the history of Florida. Uh, we have a 2.5% unemployment, Governor, second lowest time. on record, and we just did the biggest tax cut in Florida.
You can uh, you can kind of see why I've got a very severe case of governor envy. I just do. You know, we've got the weasel. We've got Mike No Spine as our governor. We could have changed that if we had voted for Jim Renacci enough. Uh, had voted for Jim Renacci if we didn't have the ridiculous open. Uh, primary rule that we have in the state of Ohio that allowed Democrats to come over and do exactly what Democrats did. They took Republican ballots and they voted for Mike DeWine. They announced it ahead of time that they were going to do so. Why? Because they said DeWine is more like one of us. DeWine is much more amenable. We can get along and do some things with Mike DeWine than we ever could with somebody like, like Jim Renacci, who was going to who's going to take the uh, Democrat agenda and stuff it. Uh, and so they got it. We've got Mike No Spine. Florida's got Ron DeSantis, and I'm jealous. I really don't want to move to Florida. I don't like the heat that much. But I'll tell you what. I would love for Ron DeSantis to be the governor of the state of Ohio, and failing that, which isn't very likely, I would be perfectly happy with him as the president of the United States. It's 1020. We'll be right back. percent of the time it works every time always right with bob france that doesn't make sense on am 1420 the answer 1025 always right radio don't forget jim renacy coming up after the bottom of the hour hope you're taking something away from some of this very important audio and some of the things that are being said on debate stages some of the important things that are being said uh during interviews right now ted cruz is running this circuit man he was on uh he was on uh, The View yesterday, which was just a blank show, uh, as you can imagine, because that's what The View is made up of, is blank. So when you are made up of blank, you have a blank show. And I think you know what the blank I'm saying is. Uh, then he was on Fox this morning as well, though, and he is, uh, he is fighting. He's, he's pushing a book, so of course that's part of the book tour. Uh, but he's fighting very, very hard for all of the principles that we are talking about in each of these debates and in each of these um, uh, venues in this, in this campaign cycle. So uh, I, I want to hit you with, uh, with one more from KJP before the bottom of the hour. <laughs> Karine, <laughs> excuse me. Karine Jean-Pierre, who's uh, <clears throat> the uh, black and gay press secretary for Joe Biden. Did you know she's black and gay? If you didn't, you should know that she's black and gay. They made sure to tell you that, and you're supposed to know that. So uh, she's black and she's gay, and she said this about student loan debt forgiveness. Thank you. Uh, you just mentioned that 22 million people have applied to have their student loans forgiven. Uh, they are expecting to have some or all of their debt cleared. You called it game-changing. Uh, how confident is the White House in your authority to actually clear this debt? And do you have any concern that you may be giving millions of Americans false hope? Look, the president was very clear that what he was trying to do, he was trying to make sure that we give we gave middle class Americans who were fe- feeling a tight squeeze, especially coming out of uh, come dealing with this pandemic, uh, an opportunity to uh, be able to take away the student debt that really holds people down, if you think about it, in order uh, to start a family, in order to put money down on a house. All right, I'm going to pause it there because I just cannot stand uh, these these ridiculous answers. Um, why is student debt the only debt that holds people down and helps uh, stops people from starting a family or putting down money on a house? Why is it only student debt that does that? Doesn't auto debt do that? No, auto debt doesn't do that. 
buying the sixty thousand dollar car that your administration wants everybody to buy an EV that would that wouldn't be a uh, that wouldn't be a significant barrier to starting the kind of life that you want having to to do that. What about somebody? who isn't a student, but somebody who is a worker? What if somebody graduates high school and instead of signing on the dotted line and agreeing to borrow thousands and thousands of dollars from the government through the banks to go to college, they borrow money on their personal uh, on their own personal bank, uh, bank account and credit rating to buy a truck because they're a plumber and they need a, a work truck and they're going to start their own business or to, to buy uh, a couple of um, uh, commercial-grade uh, lawnmowers because they're going to become landscapers. And they have to buy mulchers, and they have to buy uh, aerators, and so on and so forth. What about somebody takes out capital loans to open up their own business and, uh, and, and to try to work their tail off? Do you think that they have a barrier? There's only student debt. The ba- is student debt the only barrier? You don't think they have a barrier to being able to start a family and buy their own house? Why are you specifying students, you dumb administrators? Why are you specifying only students? Only student debt is the debt that matters. I don't understand that. And so the president's going to do everything that he can uh, to make sure uh, that we uh, we get this done. Again, I mentioned 22 million people have. Nobody asked you that. You were asked, is this legal? Is this constitutional? How sure are you that this can be done constitutionally? Uh, signed up, but this could help up to 40 million people. Uh, this is and it can hurt 40 million other people who have to pay off the debts that your policies, your boss's policies, um, are writing off. You can do. Give almost 40 million people an opportunity. 90, 90% of them uh, make 70, less than $75,000. Those, those workers that I just talked about who didn't take out college loans, they also, they also make less than $75,000. Where's their break? Where is the fundamental fairness aspect of this? And the last thing I'll say, the reason I wanted to play that now before the bottom of the hour, is to remind you of this. Not only is this student loan forgiveness nonsense completely unconstitutional, it is something that cannot be done by executive order. It must be done through the Congress. And so Joe Biden did an interview over the weekend and literally lied and claimed that he got it passed through Congress. The other piece what we're trying to do is, you probably are aware, I've just signed a law that's being challenged by my Republican colleagues. You didn't sign a law. A law is passed by Congress, and then you sign. This was not passed by Congress, but please continue. Same people who got PPP loans during the for up to close, to, in some cases, up to five, six hundred thousand dollars. They have no problem with that. The individuals in Congress got those. But um, what we've provided for is, if you went to school, if you qualify for a Pell Grant, you qualify for. Two thousand. I mean, excuse me. Uh, you, you qualify for twenty thousand dollars in debt forgiveness. Secondly, if you don't have one of those loans, you just get ten thousand written off. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two. No, you didn't. It didn't pass. It wasn't passed by a vote or two. It was never brought up before Congress because you did it as an executive order, which you know is illegal. And then you send that poor little black gay woman out to defend that, knowing full well that she can't. (laughs) There's a reason the tide is turning, my friends. There's a reason the tsunami is on its way. We'll talk to Jim Renacci about that next. Always write radio, AM 1420. All right, it's 1037. Well, chaos, I guess, is good. 
around the radio show from time to time. Uh, 1037, always right radio on AM 1420, The Answer. We are scheduled to talk with Jim Renacy, uh former congressman, former gubernatorial candidate. We'll let you know if that's going to happen or not. Don't know exactly what's going on at the moment. Uh, so what I will do is continue to share the information that I had with you, particularly uh, if you missed it in the first hour, I want to hit it now. I uh, spoke on uh, Friday's program with Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz from Texas, who was in town campaigning with J.D. Vance. And we talked about the extraordinary importance. This is what we're going to talk about with Renee I hope. Uh, The extraordinary importance of J.D. Vance winning his race, of Dr. Oz winning his race. We have to win Herschel Walker's race in Georgia. These Blake Masters in Arizona. We have to stop the the Democrats from getting a two-seat majority in the Senate. Because if they do, the filibuster goes bye-bye. And the country is never the same again. This is what Ted Cruz said on Friday, and it cannot be shared often enough. I've posted it all over my social media so more people can share this. This is the importance of casting your vote for J.D. Vance in Ohio and in all of those other places. I'm doing the Prager Show tomorrow. I'm going to share this with the country then. But for now, for all of us, at least the Vance portion of this, this is what's at stake. I believe if we don't win this majority back on November 8th, we will not survive. This country will never look the same as it did when it was gifted to us by our founding fathers. Am I overstating that? You you know, you're not. And and if possible, you you may be understating it. And and let let, let me give you what the stakes are here in Ohio. If, God forbid, the Democrats won in Ohio. If the Democrats pick up two seats in the Senate, and winning in Ohio would be 50% of picking up two seats in the Senate, that would be enough to end the filibuster. Right now, there are 48 Democrats who voted to end the filibuster. If they get two more, they'll have the votes to do it. What will they do if they end the filibuster? The first bill they'll pass is S-1. It's the first bill Chuck Schumer introduced. It is a federal takeover of all elections. It strikes down every common-sense voter integrity law across the country. It strikes down photo photo ID requirements. It strikes down prohibitions on ballot harvesting. It automatically registers millions of illegal aliens to vote. It mandates that felons be allowed to vote. That bill is designed to ensure that Democrats never lose another election. The second thing they will do is grant amnesty to 12 million or more illegal aliens to have suddenly – Voters that they believe will vote Democrat forever. The third thing they will do is add two new states to the union, the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico, both of which they believe will elect four new Democrat senators. The next thing they will do is pack the U.S. Supreme Court and put four radical left-wing justices on the court forever. All of that, we're two votes away from that happening. Now, let me be clear. I don't believe that's going to happen. But if God forbid it did, I am constitutionally i am structurally an optimist i believe in america but i don't know how america comes back from that i i i I actually believe that would be the destruction of the republic and and so you want to know what the stakes are in in ohio on offense it's about winning and taking our country back but on defense it's about stopping cultural marxists who are trying to destroy this nation from having the tools to complete the task that is not in any way over the top. It's not, it's not exaggerated. That is exactly correct. Cultural Marxism is waiting in the wings to take over. This is what they have planned, destroy the, the constitutional republic that we have, and replace this system of government, not to mention the system, our economic system, uh, replace it with cultural and economic Marxism. This is not 
uh, unknown. This isn't new. This isn't uh, you know uh, new information. This is what they have been planning, and they have announced it. The question is, is whether or not we're going to stop it. So that's the importance of this election for uh, uh, the uh, uh, Senate seat being currently held by by Rob Portman. Not only do we have to win, and, and I brought this up uh, at the. Um, Talkers tour as well, and so did Peter Kersenow, the importance of making sure that Democrats make no headway whatsoever in any any one of these bodies, uh, whether it's the United States Senate, whether it's the House of Representatives, whether it's the General Assembly in Columbus, whether it's the uh, county executive or the county council in Cuyahoga County, whether it's in your county commissioner's uh, uh, boards, uh, wherever you may live. Don't give Democrats any headway in any of these places because they are all like-minded. They're all like-minded. That's why Kersenow made the made such a huge point. I think maybe next segment I'll play a clip from uh, from the um, uh, Talkers tour in which he just implored the attendees to to make sure that you literally don't give them a moment's room to, or a minute's uh, a worth of uh, uh, time or space to breathe. You do not vote for Democrats for anything ever anywhere. Because they cannot be trusted. They have all made plans, and this is, again, it's true from the federal level to the state level to the county level to the local level. They have all made the same plans. They have all had the same ideas. Uh, they share them, and they are going to, uh, they are going to, you know, to attempt to subvert the, uh, the republic. That's just the reality of the situation. I mean, look, I'll give you another example. I was playing audio from the uh, um, Ron DeSantis and Charlie Chris debate earlier, which, by the way, I don't want to chase this squirrel either, but by the way, there's another article that I found very interesting about that one, too. There was a survey done by ABC News, ABC News and Ipsos, about who should have the greatest amount of influence over each of the parties. More Republicans believe that Ron DeSantis should have a great deal of influence over the Republican Party than President Donald Trump highlighting a seeming shift in loyalty ahead of the 2024 presidential election. About 72% of Republicans say DeSantis should have a great deal or a good amount of influence over the party's direction, compared to 64% who said that about Trump. 63% said the aforementioned Ted Cruz should have a heavy influence over the party, and 52% say Tim Scott, senator from South Carolina, should help guide the party. Other high-profile Republicans have lower favorability ratings among the voters, only 42% saying Mike Pence, 15% said Liz Cheney. On the Democrat side, because, again, they did this on uh, both sides, on the Democrat side, uh, they have a more expansive pool of politicians that they want to have an influence over the party. 81% say whom? Who would you guess? If you thought Joe Biden, you'd be wrong. Barack Obama. They want the former president, 81%, to have a significant say and influence over the party. Then Biden at 69%. Then Kamala Harris, which is just hysterical, uh, at 65%. Socialist Bernie, uh, Hiawatha slash Liawatha, Liz Warren, both tied at 63%. And then AOC, Alexandria Damasio-Cortez, at 56%. So this survey was done literally over the course of uh, the last, well, actually, uh, October 21st and 22nd. This is before the DeSantis debate in which he just demolished Charlie Crist. So I find that interesting. And I bring it up because of the other story I was trying to get to there, which is uh, the debate that is scheduled between uh, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania and, uh, and John Fetterman. John Fetterman's team is so terrified of getting onto a stage of him getting onto a stage with Dr. Oz, 
They sent a we suck letter to the media ahead of time. You, you follow that? They sent a letter to journalists who are going to be covering the, covering the Pennsylvania Senate debate saying don't expect him to be good. He's going to suck. And trying to lessen the blow when Dr. Oz dances circles around this caveman. And that's what he looks like. It's what he sounds like. And I'm not talking about because of his stroke. I'm talking about because of the way he has always spoken. Uh, Not to mention his just extraordinarily uh, dangerous uh, soft-on-crime policies. His, His affinity and his love for murderers is just legendary. Legendary. I, I, I could go into details here, but you probably already heard them. You know, Governor, or I mean, uh, uh, Lieutenant Governor Fetterman, well, if you had a magic wand, you could change one thing, what would you do? Would he cure cancer? No, 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 no. Would he eliminate inflation? No, 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 no. Would he eliminate poverty? No, 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 no. What would you do? I'd let all of the murderers who are serving life in prison out. Yeah, he said that. He would eliminate life in prison without parole for Pennsylvanians. And the only people who are given life without parole are murderers. So he said, literally, I would let murderers out. Uh, that would be what I would do with my magic wand. The guy literally thinks like a caveman, not to mention looks and sounds. So anyway, the letter was sent out um, basically in an email form to reporters and journalists saying the Fetterman campaign acknowledges this isn't John's format. Code for we know he's going to be awful on stage. It's going to be terrible. He's, he's not good. He's not a good thinker. He's, good, he's not a good speaker. This isn't going to be his format. Just to lower expectations. Why does that matter? To me, here's why it matters. If he can't think on a moment's notice, process information, being spoken by another person, being asked of him by questioners, if he can't do that on a debate stage... How can he do that in a Senate committee hearing? How can he process the information being presented by speakers, listen to it, uh, understand it, and then respond appropriately to it? If he can't do it on a debate stage, then how can he do it as a senator? They didn't answer that part. They argue Dr. Oz has a distinct advantage because of his career as a television host. (laughs) Like, that matters. John is ready to share his vision for Pennsylvania, defend his record, and make the case against Oz. He's going to be talking about his real ideas to help real people. But just so you know, we know he's going to suck. It's a a neck-and-neck race. Fetterman has been leading pretty much the entire summer and early fall. How? I don't know. Are Pennsylvanians honestly that stupid? I can't think that they are. I don't want to think that they are. i got a lot of family in Pennsylvania, particularly western Pennsylvania. But I suppose Philadelphia, left-wing Philadelphia, uh, and that massive population they have there reigns supreme. But uh, Fetterman has been leading until very recently. One survey, the most recent one as a matter of fact, from a market research firm, Wick, showed Oz actually pulling ahead by four and a half points. Now, if you follow the Kersenow logic that I explained earlier, Add six points to that. Typically speaking, Republicans under-survey, and they under-poll. Republicans don't like to answer those polls. So whatever the number is, add six. So if it was down three, it's plus three. If it's zero, it's, it's, you know, it's plus six. If it's plus 4.5 in that survey, then you can say it may be even be plus 10. Fetterman will use a monitor during the debate 
to help with lingering auditory processing issues from the stroke, they said. Multiple videos have uh, of the candidate battling through speeches have spread online in recent months. I've played some of that audio for you. But the letter from the Fetterman campaign says, quote, We are prepared for Oz's allies and right-wing media to circulate malicious viral videos. They're not malicious. They're him speaking. They're him speaking. How are they malicious? Are they edited? No. It's just here's this Cro-Magnon relic trying to string sentences together and failing miserably. If he can't do it on the stump or during an interview or during a debate, how can he do it during the Senate work, committee meetings, hearings, testimonies, etc.? How can he make an educated vote on an extraordinary matter important not only to Pennsylvanians but to, uh, to Americans? How can he cast an informed vote if he doesn't understand what's going on? And, and again, nobody's making fun of him because he had a stroke, but we're recognizing that he had a stroke. And his abilities are limited. Uh, malicious viral videos after the debate that, that try to paint John in a negative light because of awkward pauses, missing some words, and mushing other words together, the email continued. John has had a remarkable recovery, but the ongoing auditory processing challenges are real. The campaign insisted on closed captioning technology because it's necessary. Okay. Is he going to be engaging with with uh, 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 people, witnesses who testify before the United States Senate with closed captioning technology? Is he going to have somebody slow down and break these down into small, bite-sized things that he can understand and process before he casts extraordinary votes, one of 100 votes in the United States Senate? Because if that's not all going to be able to be done for him, he cannot serve. Fetterman's persistent health issues have been a significant liability weeks before Election Day. According to a poll from Emerson College, 34% of voters in Pennsylvania are extremely or very worried that the nominee's health would render him unable to complete his duties in the Senate, marking an 11-point increase from three months earlier. That's huge. He He is a unique candidate, his team says, with a strong personal brand that transcends partisanship. That's what voters are going to see on the debate stage, and it's why John is going to win this race, even if he doesn't win the debate. He's not going to win the debate, and it's not going to be because of his stroke. It's not going to be because of auditory processing problems. It's going to be because he's a caveman with awful ideas and is somebody, somebody who is utterly, completely, and wholly unlikable. That's the reason he's going to lose the debate. And that's the reason he's going to lose the election. 10.52, quick time out, right back, Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Understand the commander in chief. Uh, in uh, in Libya, we should be opening up the the the. the Always right with Bob France. We shouldn't be starting off and negotiating the public here. But let me say it this way: I am fourteen twenty. The answer. So, um, 
Update on Renacy. Apparently, there's a car issue, and he's stuck in a bad place where he cannot get phone reception. That's why we weren't able to have Jim Renacy on yet. Hopefully, we'll be able to do that sometime in the 11 o'clock hour, but we will let you know. Back to the, the Fetterman story for a quick follow-up on this. Even leftist media, uh, members of the media, rather, have uh, <laughs> acknowledged the health challenges in recent weeks. NBC News reporter Dasha Burns revealed that Fetterman struggled to understand their conversation ahead of a recent sit-down interview, during which he responded to oral questions after reading captions on a computer screen. Even with the equipment, he at times stuttered and had trouble finding words. In the aftermath of the interview, many left-leaning reporters began criticizing Burns, causing the journalist to defend her network's choice to raise questions about Fetterman's health. Giselle Burrito Fetterman, the wife of the caveman, said that Burns was ableist for noting that her husband has not provided a meaningful update on his recovery. Quote, if this happened in a school, if this was a child that was ableist towards another child or a teacher, there would have been issues stated. There would have been new training done. What is being done at the media after a reporter came out so openly ableist towards a person? I think shocked and appalled, but sadly not surprised. I know there's still so much to do, but it would be great to see some accountability to actually see real change. Do you hear this? The wife of of Fetterman says that it's wrong for reporters to point out that the man can't speak or think on his own. That a man that is, he's not running for a job as a trash collector. And that's no diss, by the way, on trash collectors. It's just that trash collectors typically don't have to give speeches and read laws and bills and decide very important votes. Uh, You understand the point. He's not not applying for a job as as a janitor. No disrespect to janitors either. They do phenomenally important work but they don't have to give speeches very often. John Fetterman wants to be a senator. If you can't speak and you can't read and you can't process thoughts and then send them through your brain and out your mouth to form coherent words and sentences, you cannot serve. You just can't. And it's not ableist for the NBC News reporter to point that out, that he cannot process information. It's important for voters to know that. I'll, I'll, I'll use another sports metaphor like I did with the, with the basketball thing. I'll, I'll just go to the Browns. Most Browns fans, if asked, would you like Nick Chubb to be in the starting lineup this week? What would most Browns fans say? Heck yes! He's phenomenal. He's the best running back in the NFL. Would it be wrong for a reporter to tell you that he broke his leg? Would it be wrong? Uh, For a reporter to say, do you still want him to be a starter this week with a broken leg? Because chances are the answer would be, no, I think we're good. We're good. We'll go with Kareem Hunt. You understand the point? John Fetterman broke his brain through the stroke. It's not his fault, but it is what it is. He cannot perform any more than a running back could perform on a broken leg. He cannot perform with this broken brain. And it's not ableist to point that out. And, oh, by the way. If he's allowed to have the words on a teleprompter in front of him uh, tele- so that he can read what people are saying, 
then how do we know that his aides behind the curtain aren't going to be typing in the answers for him to give as well? This cannot be. Dr. Oz has to win that race just as much as J.D. Vance has to win the one here in Ohio. We'll be back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.